Stop me if you've ever said this to someone, maybe a spouse or a child or a friend. I'm just going to check one thing you say as you pick up your phone. Then you log into Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram or Instasnap or Facegram or whatever <laughs> the kids are using today. And you mindlessly scroll for the next 68 minutes. Why does this happen so easily? Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of The Plugged In Show, Focus on the family's weekly conversation about entertainment, pop culture, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, we've all been there, right? I mean, spending an hour online when we intended, I mean, we really, really intended just to jump on, get the info we need, and then get back to real life. But the siren song of social media scrolling sweeps us up and sends us down an endless rabbit hole of friendly, interesting, engaging, and yes, maddening content. Did you know the Smiths were vacationing in Hawaii? They went on a whale watching trip today, we might breathlessly tell our spouse. Well, we might be tempted to put all the blame for that lost time on our lack of willpower. And while a self-control deficit may be in the mix for some of us, the reality is that social media is designed to send us down that digital rabbit hole. Today, we're going to talk about this important topic, which our very own Emily Clark wrote about in a recent plugged in blog. And, you know, if you've been laying awake at night wondering what is Baz Luhrmann up to these days? Well, he has a new movie out about Elvis Presley, and it is called, fittingly, Elvis. And our reviewer, Bob Hoos, will be here to tell us all about that in our second segment today. And before we jump in, I would encourage you to follow The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a comment, leave a review, leave a like. We would love to hear what you're thinking about our conversation this week. And speaking of conversations, today I am joined by Emily Clark, Kristen Smith, and Jonathan McKee. Hey, everyone. Hey. Hey. All right. Well, we're going to be talking shortly about how we can easily spend way more time engaged with social media than maybe we meant to. How would you describe your own personal engagement with social media? So I guess this is a a little bit of a confessional question. Who wants to go first? I feel like my social media use, it's always on one end of the spectrum or the complete opposite. And that is that I either don't use it at all, meaning that I will open it like, once every six months, glance at it and immediately close it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm just like, eh, there's a reason I haven't looked at this for six months. Or the complete opposite end of that spectrum is that I will be on it constantly, way more than I should, to the point where it's like almost addictive in the way that I use it. And okay. yeah. There we go. All right. Kristen, Jonathan, who who would like to get in the confessional booth next? I'll go. I'll go. Okay. We'll All let right. you. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I have a love-hate relationship with it. I, I need it for my job. I use it primarily for what I do. Um, so that's tricky. There are most days that I want to just, like, delete it, check my phone out the window, and be done. And then other days that I find it really useful and helpful for marketing and, you know, all the list of things. So personally, I try to make myself feel better when I see the percentage, like, throughout the day or throughout the week. I'm like, oh, yeah, probably 80% of that was for work. Possibly not. Uh, <laughs> I primarily am on Instagram and Pinterest. Um, I am in the nesting phase early for pregnancy. So I'm like, what will I redecorate or have my husband redecorate? Uh, so. and, and pretty much Pinterest was custom made for 
that right oh yeah oh yeah it's, I'm a, it's sure, an endless hole i'm pretty sure pinterest was created for people who are getting married and people who are having babies and that's it there you go <laughs> all right then. so that's my usage all right jonathan well i uh i man in the last couple of years i've just i mean it's down to like nil i have to use linkedin for work and it literally is a have to uh but other than that i just you know i i don't like it yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's all there is to it. I, I don't like it. It it and and honestly, I mean, since I'm in the confession booth, uh, I think it creates a pressure for me of comparison that I don't like. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of funny because I think you know, everybody always talks about that being a teenager thing. You know, we're creating pressure for these young people. I, man, I feel the pressure. Yeah, oh, yeah. I feel yeah. the comparison game, and and I don't think I've ever really talked about this, but I mean, like as an author, I mean, there's other authors and other authors, there's definitely other authors who sell more books or whatever. And I'm like, oh, look, that person's speaking there. And, and look, their book just went, you know, platinum and uh, <laughs> books books don't go platinum don't by go the way platinum, but anyway but, but that's but, nice Jonathan. but yeah no it just it's one of those things where i literally just found that it just for me personally it divides me from the important people that are sitting around me and and i'd just rather put it away so i haven't touched it in the last couple of years and uh i love it I, I i love being free from it personally it's not a good thing hmm. well I think I'm in a place of ambivalence too, probably similar to Emily. I think I I get on every couple months and But I'll, YouTube counts. No, and I'm gonna I yes, no, I am yeah, I'm yeah, going sure. to not let myself off the hook here. Um I'm in terms of how we typically think of social media as Facebook or Instagram or things that we're creating content for where we're inviting engagement, I don't do very much. And occasionally and usually when i do i'm posting something either that i wrote or a video i made or something work related you know under the auspices of um this is great you guys need to know about it and and you know there's the facebook thing i got published here you know we want people to know that in fact it's affirmation yesterday um i went to post uh, an interview a tv interview i had done and i'm like you know what I'm not going to post this. This just feels gross to me. And uh, and my <laughs> wife was very happy. She hates it when I post stuff like that. Um, but then I'll go, I'll go months without posting things. And then I'll have something totally inane pop up and I'll put some ridiculous teenage style post up. So that's my interaction with Facebook. Um, and I will also say it has enabled me to do what we did with it initially, which is I'm weirdly connected with a number of people from high school that I haven't seen in years and years and years. And we've had several people in our class die recently. And so there's been a real community feel. And so I don't think, you know, it's not all bad. Not at all. But uh, anyway, that's that. And then there's YouTube and I'm on YouTube probably as much as my teenage son with my various interests. I have all kinds of YouTubers I watch when I I don't listen to the radio really at all anymore, but I will get in the car and sync my phone and find something on YouTube to listen to on the way to work most days. That's my husband. Yeah. Yep. So Eddie and I can start a support group. You can, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that, that the fact that we've talked about it as much as we have is a great lead into our main conversation here today, that this is a reality, right? We We kind of love social media. We kind of hate it. And yet it is really designed 
to get its hooks into us. And in fact, that word is in the title of the blog post that Emily wrote recently, the never ending scroll. And I want to like, I can't almost not can't sing the song. <laughs> never ending scrolling. Anyway, I'll stop there. How social media keeps us hooked. So to get started, how has the way that our quote feed, the social media feed of personal information changed over time and why are these changes significant? That was kind of your starting point in the yeah. article, Emily. Yeah, I mean, like when Facebook first came out, what would happen is you would log in and you would start scrolling through your feed, which was only comprised of things that your family and your friends, people who you had friended on Facebook, it was comprised only of things that they had posted. So it was like usually just like status updates, you know, right. like, oh, got a coffee today, made me feel perky, <laughs> you know, <laughs> really, really, <laughs> you know, have a future on social media. <laughs> but it was really funny, though, because you would scroll down and you would actually get to a bottom and it would say you're all caught up. And that was it. That was all. Oh, it's you, like that one yeah, time I got to the true. end of the internet. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah true. it hasn't been that way. There since, was an end. I know it hasn't been that way in like ten or fifteen years, you know. But uh, as time went on, Facebook changed the way that it started doing things. It started putting in advertisements. It started uh, curating all these videos and posts and articles and yeah. stuff that were related to things that you had liked yep. on Facebook. And yep. it started showing you that stuff. But then it went a step even further because I think that at some point people were like, why do I keep seeing stuff for, you know, the Dallas Cowboys? I, and then they're like, oh, because I liked the Dallas Cowboys back when I was like in 10th grade. I'm not really <laughs> feeling that anymore. So they unlike it. And then they're like, okay, that should fix the problem problem though is that if you're friends with somebody who's a super fan it'll show you stuff that they've recently liked because it thinks that oh you're friends with this person you must have similar interests let us show you the things that we've been showing your friends oh that's good that's you good. know so it's gotten to a point where you actually and facebook purposely has done this you literally can't get to the bottom of your feed because even if you get to the <laughs> bottom of everything that your friends have ever posted it's still going to try to show you new things that you might be interested in based on your previous interests based on your recent website searches based on everything in your life. Okay. So we kind of are aware of social media's problems. I mean, we all expressed some degree of concern or awareness yes. of the fact that it can hook us in. And yet, possibly with the exception of Jonathan, maybe the three of us at some point in the last week have taken a little trip down the rabbit hole even though we know better, why is it that we still engage with this media and still sometimes find ourselves giving too much time to it? Jonathan? Oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, I think there's lots of different reasons, and I'd almost divide it into two. I think some people use uh, social media more for like entertainment purposes because mm -hmm. we will lump yeah. uh, YouTube into the yep. social media category. I mean, you, you can like, you can comment, um, and especially for creators, you know, they're creating. But I think a lot of us use YouTube like 
many young people use YouTube, which is to watch endless funny videos, right? Okay. We're just, we're watching videos and, and one leads to the next and you're like, oh, really? That comedian did that? Oh, wow. Dave Chappelle chimed in on this or whatever. You know, I mean, you're, it leads down a rabbit trail of who knows what. And before you know it, you're like, whoa, 45 minutes just went by. So there's that. That happens with TikTok a lot right now. Yeah. yeah. But then there's also, I would say the second category, and maybe I'm oversimplifying, but the other category is kind of the more keeping up with those around us. And that can be as innocent as, hey, I want to connect with grandma and see how she's doing. And it can be as kind of dangerous Nefarious. as yeah exactly um you know or just honestly here's where that pressurized world you know that we're talking about this pressurized environment that social media is creating is when we start looking around us and going well why does that person have more followers or why did they get to go there or gosh they got that many likes on that post how come i didn't get that many <laughs> likes on this post and and that's where that starts and so i think that's funny you could see the danger in either one just is sending you down a, a time wasting you know rabbit hole that could waste hours and hours the other sends you on this journey of angst where you start to worry about what other people think and i, I think that's why we need to kind of monitor ourselves as adults, because sure, we could put limits on, okay, only this much social media to our kids, but are we really putting a limit on ourselves? And this is where we might need to think about having some simple boundaries in our own lives, simple things like, you know, uh, maybe no phone in the bedroom for ourselves. So literally it doesn't venture in there, no tech at the table. I love the old, you know, one day a week where you don't have tech at all. I think Mm. it's a good discipline where you free yourselves from that and you discover books and you discover walks and, and fireplaces and, you know, and campfires, all kinds of fun stuff. And I personally need those kind of disciplines in my life. And it's those disciplines that actually free me. Yeah. You know, I have a son who just got back from a tech free week at camp and he commented on how much more calm he felt like internally, he felt less agitated. Yeah, no, uh, going off of something you said earlier, Jonathan, you're, you said that, you know, YouTube is where people watch videos, but let's be honest, it's not just YouTube anymore. It's it everywhere. Is, it is. It's everywhere. It's on yeah. Facebook. It's on Instagram. It's on TikTok. It's on Snapchat. Well, All Instagram of these... is paying content creators big money to produce high, high like, reels. Yes. Know, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, like, they're all there. And that's the thing. They will cross a lot of different people will post across multiple platforms in order to get you know the biggest bang for their buck and it's just you cannot escape that so it's like if you're using social media for entertainment purposes it's like it doesn't matter if you're on facebook or youtube or whatever your choice of poison is you're going to have that same like mind-numbing content where it's just like it is designed to keep you pulled in because again Facebook and Instagram and all these different things, they have algorithms that are designed to show you things that you have already expressed interest in or that they think you might have an interest in because they're similar products. And then going to your next point, Jonathan, with the comparison thing, it's like you said at the beginning, Adam, you know, you go in and you're like, I just need to check one thing. And that's what you're honest to, yeah, that is what you're doing. You're not lying to yourself. That's what you intend to do. You're like, I just need to see what time this event with my church group is tomorrow morning. I just need to see what time it is. But because <laughs> it has created all this content that is designed to hook you, before you know it, you're scrolling through and you never stop scrolling. And it takes your kid looking at you being like, hey, mom. 
when's dinner ready? Or, hey, mom, you did you hear what I just said? Hey, mom. I, and I'm saying the hey, mom thing because I've done this to my own mom quite a bit. <laughs> she's gone on. She's gone on just with the intent of looking something up really quick. And then before you know it, hey, mom, did you? what do you think about that? Oh, I'm sorry. Were you talking to me? Yes, mom. I've been talking for 20 minutes. <laughs> Jonathan? Yeah, no, they both totally you know bring you in. And just quick note about what you said about, you know, those videos are everywhere. That's one difference between adults and young people, though. The studies show that adults still actually favor watching an actual TV show on a big screen or whatever. We're this younger generation, and I don't know where the line really crosses. For Gen Z, for sure, millennials, it's kind of a little divided. But Gen Z, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think it's four times as much short video content, i.e., TikTok, YouTube videos, all those, than they do actually streaming a show on Netflix. So it's interesting to see how generations differ there. One of my kids came to me the other day and we were talking about YouTube and she said, I'm actually not on YouTube that much. The videos are too long. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh no, we need to have another talk. I think this is a really good time to talk about and really like reiterate, and Jonathan, you said this, boundaries, right? Yep. Like I am reading through the New Testament and getting slapped in the face with how selfless Jesus is and how he's tired and all these people come to him and Mm -hmm. he purposely goes away so he can get away from them. And then he has compassion on them and still stops and helps them. And there's such an aspect of self-care. Like that's the new tagline. It's like the new (laughs) phrase for our culture, right? Like, are you taking care of yourself? Well, it's important and you should. You shouldn't like neglect yourself to the detriment of your family because that's just foolish. But To say that you're entitled to have X amount of minutes to yourself, especially as a parent, you're not. It is important to take time for yourself to be a better parent. Um, But I think often we let that self-care wander into like mindlessness. And this is, I'm saying this to myself, right? Into like scrolling or TV shows or whatever Mm -hmm. helps us relax when we need to be focused on soul care. Like, am I in the word? And is that helping to fuel what I'm doing? And I was reading first Corinthians and Paul's talking about how everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is. And later he comes back and says, everything is permissible, but I won't be mastered. I won't be mastered. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. But I won't be mastered by anything. And I think that's, this is huge because obviously it can apply to anything, but let's apply it to social media. Not everything is beneficial. And we wonder why we have trouble falling asleep or our kids have sleeping issues or blah, 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 blah. And we know that the root cause is our faces are in front of a screen. And so we neglect real connection. And so boundaries obviously come in where it's like, for me, I will say this is difficult because me and my husband have a different viewpoint a little bit on this. He uses YouTube. He really does for research. He learns things all the time. I don't even know half of what he's talking about. And he applies it (laughs) to like fixing something in our house or doing something. And it's so awesome. However, there's also a boundary issue there. Like for him, for me, for all of us, like when are we putting our phones away? Are we having a day Mm -hmm. where we don't have tech? Are we putting it away at the dinner table so we can really connect with people and not use it as like, while you're in the middle of a conversation, Mm -hmm. hold on, let me look something up and apply to that. That's not necessary. Yep. If you don't have something to say. Because let's face it, you just want to be right anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Just learning to create those like healthy Mm -hmm. patterns that puts a stop to it. And like you were saying, Emily, like this has happened to me a ton of times where my son is like, mom, and and I feel terrible. And I really didn't hear what he said enough like put it away right like have some discipline and that's what it is like jonathan said this like i have discipline so that i feel freedom that's biblical well i think for me i the word that you used was entitlement and that's the word that 
that's the zinger for me because yeah. I think honestly sitting and scrolling for an hour on my phone is not self-care. No. Let's just tell the truth, right? And yet at the end of a day, if I've worked hard all day, I come home, honestly, my natural inclination is not to say, how can I as a parent be really present to my kids and connect with them meaningfully? I want to sit in my chair and maybe read the news and maybe watch a YouTube video. And I, it's easy to feel like as parents that we are entitled to our screen time. Because we're tired. Well, we are tired. <laughs> and, and so I think, uh, Kristen, and I, I want to pick up, and this is speaking specifically to people who are married, and I realize not everybody is in that place. But I think this is a place where, uh, at least theoretically, as spouses, we can help each other. Yeah. You know, yeah. that we agree on some of those boundaries and some of those limits. But I think even uh, confessionally, trying to just go to God and say, Lord, help me to want to care about those around me more than I want to escape into my screen. And so as we often say here at Plugged In, the goal in talking about these things is not perfection. None of us are ever going to get it 100% right. But I think we do want to be engaged. We want to be intentional. And we want to be aware of the habits that we're forming that affect us and that affect other people, especially if we have little or not so little, my son's taller than me now, people who are watching the example that we set because we're helping our kids know this is what's normal, this is what's right, this is how we live in this day and age. And I think if our screen time and our scrolling and our social media is out of balance, it's sending that message to our kids as well. And so I hope that maybe this has been one of those conversations where the takeaway is, oh, I probably should think about that. Because I think unless you're a super disciplined person, and there are some of those out there, I am not one of them. This is an area that tends to get out of control. So Hmm. we are all in it together. And especially here at the Plugged In Show, we want to help you as parents. We want to help you not only in relationship to your kids, but just where you're at to recognize and deal with these issues. So um, I know that we could talk about this for like three more hours, but I'm going (laughs) to bring things in for a landing here. Thanks, guys. Well, in our second segment today, Bob Hoos joins us to talk about the latest film from Baz Luhrmann, Elvis. Now, I'm assuming we're talking about Elvis Presley here, right? Oh, yeah. So it's not like Elvis the Frog or something like that. (laughs) What's going on in Elvis? Well, you know, know as as you might expect, it is a biography of Elvis, a very colorful biography of Elvis, as well as, though, it's also a villain's tale. (laughs) Yes, because it deals with his manager. In fact, it's narrated by his manager, Colonel Tom Parker. Okay. And... This guy, who, who's played by Tom Hanks, by the way. Okay. And and so he... So Tom Hanks is a bad guy. That's yeah, he's the bad guy. And he sort of gives his side of the story. But even, if, even as he gives his side of the story, we all know he's a bad guy. Now, I don't know nothing about music. But I could see in that girl's eyes, he was a taste of forbidden fruit. She could have eaten him alive. Was my destiny. He's a carny man who saw Elvis as this attraction that he could make some quick bucks with, and it ended up being 
a very long range attraction. And you say carny, like somebody who worked at a carnival. Yeah. Right. Yeah, if people aren't right. familiar with that yeah, word. Yeah. And, you know, you could think of him as a con man, a, uh, a fast and easy player, that sort of thing. And in fact, he's this guy who has no history. Nobody really knows who he is or where he came from. But that's part of the story. Okay. Anyway, the, it's, you're probably wondering, is it any good? Yes, and now you're asking my questions. I am, go ahead. because and, I'm just sort of you talking right along them. here. <laughs> uh, and, and I would say, yes, it is, but with the disclaimer a disclaimer there. A caveat there, or two. A caveat, yeah. The fact is that um, a lot of people have complained about um, Baz Luhrmann, the director. And he did Moulin Rouge That's and right, Strictly right. Ballroom. And a lot of people and... have complained because he's such a spectacular sort of flashy director. Yeah. And, but, you see, in this case, it really kind of works. It kind of fits. Because it's his, a flashy story. His style, yeah. Well, and uh, to be honest, the story of Elvis is a uniquely American tragedy. When you really look at all that happened, I mean, it was a man who died at 42, Mm. even though he still had this stellar career and all these things happened in his life. And because of Baz Luhrmann's direction, the film takes on an almost, it's not a musical, but it takes on an almost musical feel. Okay. In the sense that everything's a little bouncier, everything's a little more peppy and fun. And so it transforms this tragedy into something that's, that's sort of sad and sympathetic by the time you get to the end. So where does it start with Elvis's story? Where- uh, again, it's a cradle-to-grave sort of okay, story. So, so back so in it's, Tupelo, it's, Mississippi, where it, he yeah, was born? Yeah, it's through the colonel's narration. Okay. And so he, we see all sides of Elvis's story through his whole life. Okay. Uh, you know, the fact is that so far I've been talking about it in very praiseworthy terms. Yeah. And there are a lot of enjoyable aspects to this film. The guy uh, makes... Really energetic movies. He, he does. You can't and, argue with that. And the star Austin Butler, who sounds like he ought to be in a in a film from very long ago, um, <laughs> but he he um, he's very magnetic and energetic and entertaining, and you really are drawn into this guy. He looks really. If you see his picture, you say he's too skinny to be Elvis, but he carries it off. He he does. So anyway, all of that to say, there are some really positive things here. But then there's also the drawbacks because right. Elvis's story, if you know anything about it, it ends. He's in, in, really in, badly, yeah, <laughs> and, and especially with a lot of drug abuse and there's yeah. alcohol abuse through the whole film. But the really bad aspect, the worst aspect of this film, from my perspective, from a content perspective, was the language. Yeah, uh, it, it has a smattering of some crudities and nasty profanities and things throughout it, but it also has nearly twenty really harsh blasphemes of God's name. Okay. And and that's going to well be kind of all shook up for a lot of oh. a lot of our audience for sure. <laughs> all right. So it's a PG-13 film, is that it correct? Is. It is. Um and it, and it sounds like content-wise it's right in there and if you are a longtime Elvis fan or a Baz Luhrmann fan. Right. Uh, it sounds like it's pretty enjoyable, but if you got yeah. 11-year-olds who want to see it, maybe think two or three times right, about this right. one. Right, right. A mom and dad might be able to navigate it uh, if it doesn't become too annoying. Yeah. Uh, might be able to navigate it like a date night, but kids uh, might be another question. All right. So, Bob, thanks for telling us about Elvis and you bet. giving us what we need to know about that one. Well, now it's time for Pop Culture Connection. If you're not familiar with it, each week 
we have an awesome little contest in which our producer, Ashley. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Adam. She reads a question somehow related to pop culture, and we have to give as many answers as we possibly can in 30 seconds. And and frankly, I think my favorite thing about this feature is not the answers, but the level of acrimony that sometimes erupts if there's a disagreement. Because <laughs> Absolutely. Ashley is the scorekeeper right. and That's the right. arbiter of pop culture connection truth so Ashley take it away alrighty oh my god let's see I think we'll have Emily go first this week pop culture connection truth alright that was intense boom oh our little box of questions going here alright Emily Emily your question is what do you consider to be the best podcast aside from the plugged in show of course and why You just asked me a very difficult question. Um, (laughs) I'm going to go with Supernatural then and now. And the reason I like this podcast, it's uh, not necessarily for everybody. Um, If you're not familiar with the show, you definitely will not like the podcast. But it is a rewatch podcast that is hosted by two of the people who were on the show for during its 15 seasons. Hmm. All right. That's where I'm at, you guys. Sorry. I, no, I, it's all good. That was a very difficult question because I don't think I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have like two or three. They're all they're all rewatch podcasts from different TV shows. That's fascinating. And I was trying I to I didn't think. even know that was a thing. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah. The it's Office like, has one. It's always New Girl has one. Supernatural yeah. has one. There's so many. Wow. Like, there are Six so many. Dollar that's man. neat. Those are the only ones that I watch, though, are the ones that are rewatch <laughs> I'd watch well, that. Six million dollar, dollar man. But I of course, too. again, the most important podcast is this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got three. Three. Three for Emily. All right. Let's have Adam. Why don't you go next? I would love to. All right. I feel no pressure whatsoever. My life is full of pressure. This is nothing. All right. Well, your question is, could you live without TV for a week? Why or why not? Oh, yeah. I could easily because TV is not my thing. So uh, (laughs) most of it is inane. Um, there's just not that much on that I am particularly interested in. Uh, I will often go a week without turning things on. Now, the why not would be during football season. Mm. That is the massive exception. And, you know, Sunday for the NFL, that would be pretty difficult. Sure. So sure. it's a contextual answer. Okay. If it's not football season, no problem. Football season, mm, then we got problems. That's all good. I got four points for you. Yeah. Nice job. Thank you. All right. Jonathan. Ah, oh. you're up. Ashley, Ashley, <laughs> did I mention you how lovely to you look today? Oh, I thanks, Jonathan. All right, Jonathan. Absolutely. Lock yeah. it up. All right. <laughs> now what's going to be really funny is when he gets like negative three Jonathan, points. you look lovely today <laughs> too. I just want to say why, that. Why, thank you. Don't get why, Jonathan, you're you. going to love this one. While streaming has taken over DVDs, and we won't even mention VHS. (laughs) Or (laughs) Blu-ray. List a few movies you would want in your collection, and why would you choose them? Well, I would definitely have Star Wars because it's the classic. It is the film. I would definitely have the movie Heat because Michael Mann's masterpiece is amazing. It's first time Robert De Niro and Al Pacino on the screen at the same time. Shawshank Redemption because it's awesome. Um, Probably one of the best films ever made. Jaws. It changed horror films as you know it. Um, uh, Jerry Maguire, the edited version. Uh, and we would definitely go with Titanic because, man, an important film broke all the records. 
All right, Jonathan, that was awesome. I gave you 10 points for the five movies you listed and all the points that you brought in. Nice job. Oh, you did better than yes. Emily and I put together, so <laughs> I guess that can be your ego trip for the day, Jonathan. Gosh. Wow. <laughs> All right. I still Such say my animosity. question was way too hard. <laughs> it was. I couldn't have answered it. Uh, you ready, Kristen? I guess. You got this. Oh, Kristen, let's get the enthusiasm level up. Let's do this. Come on. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> there we one. go. Okay. What movie have you seen that would make an even better novel and why? All the all the movies I've seen are novels. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I think know. That is the penultimate answer. Um, Next question, I guess. That would make. Oh, okay. Island of the Blue Dolphins. When I was little, oh, I loved this go. movie. So it's about this um, girl who gets like trapped on her island. She has to hunt by herself. She has a canoe and she gets to explore the whole island. She fishes in the water. She gets to like cliff jump, create all of these things so that she can survive, and she has to. Okay, that's uh, about as far as I got. You just needed like five more seconds and you really, could have beaten Jonathan. Really good choice. Man. So I gave you four points. Thanks. I'm going to give you an extra nice. one because it was a classic book that a, a lot one, of people right? read. Yeah. So, right. yeah. So, and an extra job. point because it had dolphins. Okay, thanks, we'll Jonathan. give you an extra point See? for dolphins. So Why is he so six. good yeah. at this? Sweet. But Jonathan's still our winner today. All right. That's why he's giving you that point. Good job, like, well, Jonathan. That's my win. <laughs> Take your pity points. Wh- all right, I love it. Emily's all, that's why he gives you a point. <laughs> not wrong. Oh, that's that's what my son tells me. You're not wrong, Dad. You're not wrong. Well, thanks again for spending some time with us at the Plugged In Show today. If you've enjoyed our conversation, tell your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to help get our show out there. And you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you use. We would also love to hear from you, and we're hearing from more and more of you. What did you think about our conversation about social media and the never-ending scroll? Is this an issue in your life? What strategies have you used to maybe reel it in a little bit? We would love to hear from you. You can get in touch with us at Facebook or on Instagram, or send us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. This week, in fact, we heard from Mary in Arkansas. Ashley, our producer, has that letter. I do. So Mary writes, Hi, Plugged In Show. I love listening to you guys on Google Podcast. Thank you so much for your media insight for us parents. My husband, myself, and our 20-year-old son love the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. I was nine and my husband was seven when Star Wars first appeared on the scene. We've passed Mm. that love on to at least one of our four kids. I agree that Star Wars is timeless and they've kept true to their good versus evil with little bloodshed theme, and I hope it stays that way. Yeah. We hope that Amen. as well, Absolutely. Mary. And we love that you took the time to write us and, and let us know how the Plugged In Show is connecting with you and what's happening in your family. And thanks as well to everyone else listening today. We appreciate you. We love having a chance to invite you into the conversations that we have about pop culture and technology every single week. And we look forward to connecting with you again next week on another episode of The Plugged In Show. My favorite thing about Brio is that you can actually absorb stuff from it and learn. Reaching teen girls right where they're at with encouragement to grow in their faith. The stories in the Brio magazine about other people that have gone through things way worse than I have 
is really inspiring and uplifting. Help your teen invite God into her everyday experience with Brio Magazine. Learn more at focusonthefamily.com slash Brio Radio.